Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode four of the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. I'll always love my mama. She's my favorite girl. You only get one. You only get one. Yeah. Happy, happy Mother's Day. It has been an absolute wonderful day thus far here in the Sticko household. My wife had some breakfast in bed made by my daughter and I, and we are really just sitting back and relaxing for the rest of the day and really enjoying it and spending time together as a family. So all the moms out there, you enjoy your day, and I hope you all have a wonderful work week ahead. With all that being said, I am going to have to mention that this episode is going to be a little bit shorter than usual because it is Mother's Day. I, hey, 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 guys, settle down. Set, set, please. Thank you. I understand you're angry, but because it's Mother's Day, I have to go downstairs and help with the wife, help my wife with the kids. So I'm going to keep this episode a little bit shorter and sweeter than usual. However, with all that being said, we are going to dip our toes into what we're going to be talking about on Wednesday and Friday. And what we're going to be talking about is fantasy veterans that value in fantasy was hurt thanks to the NFL draft. If you're ready, I'm ready. Let's roll. As always, I am going to go ahead. I'm going to log on to my Twitter real quick on my phone, check out the questions that I received this week, answer those questions, and also look at um, a few poll questions that I had posted this past week. And let's see what those outcomes were. So let's start with those polls, the polls that I posted. The first poll was who benefits most in PPR now that Hopkins will miss six weeks? Okay, as we know, Hopkins is out six weeks. So who on the Arizona Cardinals is going to benefit the most? with Hopkins sitting on the sideline. Your options or their options were Hollywood Brown, Randall Moore, Zach Ertz, or A.J. Green. The numbers that I received here are kind of shocking because we had 41% for Hollywood Brown and exactly 41% for Randall Moore, 18% for Ertz, and 0% for A.J. Green. So, Basically, what you're saying is you think that both Hollywood Brown and Randall Moore are going to benefit because of Hopkins being out. I agree, but I also tend to disagree. I vote, if I had a vote on my own poll, I would have voted for Hollywood Brown. And that's without a doubt. I don't even think I would have had to read any of the rest of the names on that list. Hollywood Brown's upside, now that Hopkins is out, is through the roof. Let me explain. Without Hopkins last year, Randall Moore was the hottest waiver wire pickup. Remember when Hopkins went down? He was down for weeks 9, 10, 11, 13, 14, and 15. Everybody jumped on the Randall Moore train. I think I did too in one of my leagues. I think I had a high waiver priority. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. But Randall Moore's return of value when Hopkins was out, really was nothing spectacular. It was actually kind of below average. In week nine, I always like to look at targets, so I'm just going to mention targets here. Randall Moore only had five targets with Hopkins on the bench. Week 10, Hopkins on the bench, four targets. Here's the outlier. In week 11, he had 11 targets. That was that game, if you remember, he was 
Kyler Murray was 11 for 11 to Randall Moore. He went berserk in that game. I believe it was against the Rams. But other than that, let's 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 see 13. Week 13, Hopkins was out two targets. Week 14, four targets. Week 15, three targets. So the one outlier is Randall Moore had 11 targets in week 11. Other than that, when Hopkins was out, Randall Moore's highest target was top targets in a game was five. That is average to below average. That is very low if you're the number one wide receiver for your team. So I just don't think Randall Moore is in a position to really benefit when Hopkins is out. He plays a different receiver position. He doesn't play the outside position. He plays more in the slot, and he's kind of their big play receiver. He's the downfield threat. He blows the top off of coverages. So with all that being said, Hollywood Brown is going to slide right into the Hopkins role. I believe Hollywood Brown is going to see way more than five targets a game when Hopkins is out, don't you? And if you believe that, then obviously Hollywood Brown is benefiting more than Randell Moore. So that question's a no-brainer to me. Give me Hollywood Brown a million, a million times. I currently have Hollywood Brown, again, currently. My rankings will change. But I currently have Randell Moore in my top 35 and wide receivers in PPR. That's only just going up with the Hopkins news. And I have Randell Moore in my top 50. Uh, I do believe Randall Moore will have a decent season this year, especially if when Hopkins comes back. Being a third receiver with Hollywood Brown, Hopkins, and then Randall Moore, he's going to have those games where he explodes. But again, he's going to disappear. So I don't think he's going to be a weekly starter. But he will be a good little uh, player to put in there during a bye week for your other receivers and or flex position. Hold question number dose number two. I asked, who finishes with more fantasy points this season? Saquon Barkley, Brees Hall, or Ezekiel Elliott? This poll really, really, really shocked me. 50% of the people that voted, and I think I had over 20 votes for this one, said Brees Hall is going to have the most fantasy points this season. Saquon Barkley finished in second with 33%, and Zeke Elliott finished in third with 17%. This just shows me a few things. This just shows me the fantasy football community has given up on Saquon Barkley for injury reasons and the Giants' lack of getting him the offensive line that he needs to be successful. It also tells me that Hall is extremely valued this year. And it also tells me that Zeke is going to be really falling off the shelf this year and possibly the Dallas Cowboys decide to turn more to Pollard than they do Zeke this year. But I just want us all to kind of, let, let's let's just wait and see here with the Saquon Barkley thing. I'm kind of interested. He seems very, very motivated this year. I would not mind having Barkley over Brees Hall this year in my fantasy team. And when my running back rankings come out, do not be shocked when Barkley is ahead of Brees Hall. Don't be shocked at all. I am a little bit of bias. I'm a little biased. Not going to lie. I'm a Giants fan. I am. A, I'm, a, I'm a big Giants fan. But I would rather have the upside of Saquon Barkley, who is a three-down workhorse in New York, than have a what could be a, a split, 50-50 down-the-middle split on the New York Jets with Brees Hall and Michael Carter. I don't, I'd rather have the three-down back with the higher ceiling than take a back in a committee. So 
that one was very shocking to me. Last but not least, I had somebody message me on Twitter um, because I had said something about Dotson on somebody else's post. And basically what I was saying is Dotson is limited in what his ability is going to be this year because of Wentz. I even said it on my podcast last week when I spoke about rookie receivers. I think because of Wentz, Dotson's value is not very high. I do not think Dotson will have a very good season this year because of Wentz. Not because he's not talented. I think Dotson's extremely talented. I just don't think Wentz is. So somebody messaged me again on my Twitter and said, well, Wentz made Pittman into a dynasty wide receiver one last year. He's going to do it again with Dotson this year. I, I, I said, hold on a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You, you can't just say that because Michael Pittman became a dynasty wide receiver one, thanks to Wentz, that he's going to do the same for Dotson. And there's a reason why. Pittman on Indiana was wide receiver one, two, three, four, five. He was everything to the Indiana, Indianapolis Colts through the air. He's the only person they had at the wide receiver position and tight end position last year. Wentz had no other option but just to feed Pittman. So I decided that I'm going to go back and I'm going to look at the stats. What did wide receiver two on Indianapolis Colts Colts do last season because isn't Dotson the number two in Washington? He absolutely is. He's behind Terry McLaren, isn't he? For sure. So let's see what Wentz does with his number two receiver. Let's see what he did last year because Michael Pittman became wide receiver one in Dynasty. The second receiver for the Indianapolis Colts in terms of receptions caught 38 balls. I repeat, the second wide receiver for the Colts last year in terms of catches in the season caught 38. Wentz does not look around when he's throwing the ball. He locks in on one receiver. He's going to lock in on Terry McLaren this year again. So don't think Dotson's going to get, you know, 80 to 90 to 100 targets next year. He's not going to get over 100 targets next year. There's just no way. Wentz does not throw the ball that much to get 100 targets especially when you're wide receiver number two. So to say that because Michael Pittman became a dynasty fantasy player, wide receiver one, that Dotson's going to do the same this year. That's just, you could say Terry McLaren will, but you cannot say Dotson will, because that is false. Absolutely false. As I said earlier, I'm a little bit limited in time. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to skip the rest of these questions. I promise you, if I didn't get to your question today, I will get to your question on Wednesday. So if you didn't hear it, I promise you, you will hear it on Wednesday. Let's dive right into a couple of veteran players that I believe were hurt thanks to the NFL draft. Michael Carter for the New York Jets was hurt badly thanks to the NFL draft. In 2021, Michael Carter had 147 carries, 600 yards, four touchdowns, and added 36 catches. And this was his rookie season. Heading into this season, before the NFL draft, everybody was talking about Michael Carter as a great running back to have in fantasy. He's going to do everything for the New York Jets. He's going to get every carry for the New York Jets, blah, 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 blah. But somebody forgot to ask the New York Jets how comfortable they are with Michael Carter. And they showed they weren't comfortable at all. Drafting Brees Hall 
was a major surprise for me. I did not see this coming. I like Michael Carter. I liked Michael Carter at, at the University of North Carolina. But the New York Jets thought they needed a two-headed monster in New York. And I fully believe that that's what it's going to start out, off as. This is going to be a committee. Many people, many experts believe that Brees Hall is going to step right in and get 80% of the cat touches next year. I don't think that is true. As I was reading articles after the draft and doing a little bit more research into it all, I was kind of curious to see how Brees Hall felt about being drafted to a team that already has a decent running back in Michael Carter. And I found a quote here. He said, I kind of like it. I'm excited for it. Having a big load like that takes a toll on your body. It's going to be cool to have another counterpart, a one-two counterpart, to take that load and share the reps with. It's going to be different, but I'm willing to do it. It's fun to be flexible and do something like that. So Brees Hall's all in for this running back by committee. Again, he just got drafted. He's probably saying all the right things, but I really think that Brees Hall is going to eventually get more carries as the year goes on, but I would tamper your expectations a little bit early on this season with Brees Hall because Michael Carter is very capable running back. He's good. I currently have in my current rankings, I have Hall between my 20 and 25th overall ranked running back and Carter throw, uh, falls to me in 30 to 35. With all that being said, if something happens to either Brees Hall or Michael Carter, the other running back jumps right into almost a guaranteed three-down roll. So if you can get Carter late in the draft and some uh, and Brees Hall goes down with injury, she that's a steal. So just tamper your expectations with Brees Hall. But Michael Carter was very, 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 very hurt in terms of fantasy and in terms of real NFL life because of the draft of the New York Jets drafting Brees Hall. Folks, there is no such thing as a fantasy offseason, only the pre-draft season. And here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our expert analysis are churning out important lessons learned and draft analysis on incoming rookies so you can get a jump on your prep and will have incredible free agency and a summer league coverage as well. But only if you're part of our premium member team. Head to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today. Seriously, just cook yourself one extra lunch per month because this deal is only $5.99. I'll see you there. The next guy on my list is a guy that I absolutely love. I draft him all the time. I think he's an absolute PPR machine. But this year, thanks to the draft, his value dropped just a tad, just a tad. He's still a very, very, very good wide receiver in both real life and in fantasy. And this man is Deontay Johnson. If you know anything about me and you've ever been in, an NFL, in, a, in a fantasy football league with me, you know I have Deontay Johnson on my team. I was very high on him last year. I was very bullish on him last year. And he came through 2021. He had 169 targets, 107 catches, 1,161 yards and eight scores. There are a few things that hurt Deontay Johnson. Number one being big Ben retiring. I know he was old. 
He was a shell of himself. He looked like he needed a cane by halftime of every game. I understand. But I'd rather have an old Ben Roethlisberger than have the quarterbacks that the Steelers currently have on their roster. I get it. They drafted Pickens. I'm sorry, Pickett and Pickens. I'm going to get there in a second. But they drafted Pickett and they have Mitch Trubisky. Give me Ben Roethlisberger, at least for this one year. I do think Pickett's going to have um, a good career, a decent career. But I think they're going to bring him along slowly if he even starts week one. There's been rumblings that he could possibly start week one and poor Mitch Trubisky gets the old shaft once again. (laughs) But if Pickett starts, I think they're going to bring him along more like the Patriots did with Mac Jones. And what I mean by that is they're going to give him a short playbook. Keep it short. Give him the reads that he should be making. And if they're not there, throw it away. Don't do anything out of the box. And if that's the case, we're going to see the amount of times that the Pittsburgh Steelers drop back and pass drop as well. Last year, Ben Roethlisberger threw 605 times. I do not see the Steelers throwing 605 times this year. There's no way. And another reason why is that I I just said they don't have good quarterbacks, but or I should say veteran good quarterbacks or a quarterback that is good right now. He will be good eventually. But they have Najee Harris. I think Najee Harris is going to have a fantastic year again this year. He will be very high on my rankings. Hint, hint, hint. He's going to get fed in the run game. He's going to get fed in the pass game. That hurts Deontay Johnson. But drafting George Pickens in the second round, 52nd overall, also will hurt Deontay Johnson. Pittsburgh Steelers have a very crowded wide receiver room. Deontay Johnson. Claypool, Pickens, Calvin Austin III, who they also drafted this year out of Memphis. He's a short receiver. He's in there to replace Washington. And they also traded for Anthony Miller. Yes, that Anthony Miller, the one that's always hurt, but he's still in the Pittsburgh wide receiver room. It's very crowded. And if you're not going to throw the ball 605 times, those receivers' target shares are all going to drop from last year. And Deontay Johnson's target share is going to drop. He's not going to get 170 targets again this year. He's just not. So that's where Deontay Johnson gets hurt. Yes, Juju and Washington are gone. But like I said before, Pickens is going to step right into a Juju role while Austin fits that Washington mold to the T. Look for Deontay Johnson's target share to drop, which means his fantasy points will drop this year compared to last year. With that, Being said, my good people, I still think Deontay Johnson is in currently my top 15 PPR wide receivers. That's going to change. It's going to go up or it's going to go down as the season season gets closer. But right now, he falls within my top 15. I had him in my top 10 last year, and that was with ease, easy top 10 with Big Ben. But this year, he's going to drop out of my top 10. Most likely, that could change. Let's see what these quarterbacks can do. If these quarterbacks show that they can be competent enough to get him the ball, then I'll I'll move him back up. But as of it stands right now, he's in my top 15. I see a little bit of decline in Deontay's game this year. So I wrote a little bit of a pun. Deontay Johnson is still worth the pickings. So if you were to pick it, just know his value is going to drop.
The next guy on my list is a dead man walking. Josh Jacobs is a dead man walking. Vegas Raiders simply want to move on from Josh Jacobs. If they didn't, they would have signed him to his fifth year option. But they didn't. They decided they didn't want to do it. So instead, they drafted a running back. They drafted White out of Georgia with the 122nd pick in the NFL draft. They also have a new coaching staff. Josh McDaniels, yep, that Josh McDaniels, the Patriots Josh McDaniels, is a running back by committee head coach. Think about it. Offensive coordinator, New England Patriots. Can you really tell me that they've ever had a bell cow running back when Josh McDaniels was their offensive coordinator? They never did. He loves the running back by committee. He loves it. He loves to keep them fresh. He loves to have a passing down back. He loves to have his power back, his goal line backs. Every situation he's got a back for. That severely hurts Josh Jacobs. Vegas, to me, is just, is, it's pretty simple. It's just a backfield I want to avoid at all costs in 2022. I don't want, I don't want White and I don't want Jacobs. Now, of course, if one of those guys goes down, the other will jump right into an immediate workhorse role. But I never like to draft based on a potential injury. It's the dumbest move you can possibly do, unless you're handcuffing yourself for injury. For example, Madison, if you have Cook, that's a handcuff. Or if you are forced to draft Jacobs, then I guess you're going to have to draft Cook too later on. But again, if you're listening to this podcast, avoid the Vegas running backs at all costs. Dead man walking. All right, everybody, I am going to end episode four right here. I only got to answer the questions, a few questions that I received on Twitter today. I only got to three veteran players that were hurt in the NFL draft, but I have plenty more to add this week. Make sure you're tuning in on Wednesday and Friday. I will continue this trend of speaking about veterans that were hurt in the NFL draft. If you haven't already, make sure you're following me on Twitter at JP Sticko. Make sure you're hitting that subscribe button. Make sure you are rating this podcast. Let me know what you think. Give me your questions on Twitter, and I'll see everyone back here on Wednesday. Again, happy Mother's Day. JP, out.